Well, first comes unemployment, then bankruptcies. We're going to talk about the reality of that with certified financial planner, best-selling author, and columnist Liz Weston on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement where we're hunkered down outside Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Saul Hey, I'm Liz Weston from NerdWallet in Los Angeles. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press, and today we're tackling one from MarketWatch. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we also dive into how these affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day and all in 20 to 25 minutes. Today's show brought to you by Ubiquity Retirement and Savings. Thanks to Ubiquity for supporting Money with Friends. They offer stuff that we should all be thinking about for the long term. If you're hunkered down at home, one thing to think about is building your business even better for tomorrow, and that means having better benefits. Ubiquity offers simple, online, affordable small business retirement solutions starting at just $75 a month. Go Get ahead of the future with help from Ubiquity's team of experts. Visit myubiquity.com to learn more. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. And it's funny, I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs these days, uh, Liz, and a lot of them are doing the smart thing, which is sharpening that saw so that when we finally make it through this, tell me we're going to make it through this. We'll find we, <laughs> we will, we'll come out better on the other side, which I think is a smart way of thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so you brought this to the table, bankruptcies coming. I didn't think about the fact that we're probably going to see this tsunami of bankruptcies. That's ugly. That is. And it's not surprising when you think about how many people were on the edge before this even happened. And then we have, I mean, unprecedented unemployment. What did the Fed say? They think it's going to be over 30% unemployment. It's incredible. It's so, unbelievable. Yeah, well, natural well, you and I have seen the graph already of unemployment versus any other time in history. And that yeah. graph is just, just incredible. We're going to launch into that here in a second, guys. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. They supply the good times and the headlines. That is why I listen to Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from MarketWatch. As I said earlier, it's written by Andrew Keshner, and it's titled, It's Really a Question of When the Coronavirus Pandemic's About to Spawn a Surge in Bankruptcies, Experts Say. Liz, you want to do the honors? Absolutely. One San Diego, California man was getting his finances in order after divorcing his wife over a year ago. He had consolidation plans for approximately $30,000 in debt and was bringing in income as a rideshare driver. Then the coronavirus pandemic battered America's economy and along the way tipped the 52-year-old man into bankruptcy. Doug, who asked that his last name be withheld, reduced his driving hours to protect himself from the infectious disease. It wasn't like he was leaving money on the table. There wasn't work anyway, he told MarketWatch. Doug filed for bankruptcy late last month and expects there will be a lot more people doing the same soon. It's just logical. Anybody who is thinking about it is more than likely going to be pushed over the edge, he said. Bankruptcy experts agree, looking at a new spike in unemployment, remembering how the Great Recession caused a wave of bankruptcy cases from consumers seeking a reset after getting too far behind on debt. We think business filings will see an uptick in April with consumer filings to surge in May and June, said Amy Quackenboss, executive director at the American Bankruptcy Institute, a professional association comprised of lawyers for debtors and creditors, judges and other bankruptcy specialists. The increase could take a bit longer because in times of crisis, people don't 
normally race off to file bankruptcy, said John Rao, a National Consumer Law Center staff attorney specializing in consumer bankruptcy. Still, there's no question that given the effect of this pandemic, there will be an increase in bankruptcies. It's just really a question of when that rise will occur. And, you know, Liz, I never, as I mentioned before, I'd never even thought about this, but but it's got to be coming. But if you're somebody right now, like a lot of people are, that are worried about how they're going to pay their bills, should bankruptcy be first on their mind at this point? Or are there some steps we can take ahead of time? Okay, here's a scary reality. We're talking about an unprecedented, again, that word, but a huge surge of unemployment. That means a lot of people out there looking for jobs. So if you are thinking, well, I might have lost my job, but it won't last very long. I'll get the next one. Eh, maybe not. I mean, we could be talking about instead of that V recovery that, that yeah. you know, the, the optimists are talking about, we could be talking about an economy that's just sputtering along until we get a vaccine for this thing. So we could be talking months, a year, maybe even more. That's a long time to be without work. So all that said, I would say go out there and get every kind of forbearance, deferral, whatever that's being offered by your banks and your lenders and your insurers to get your costs down as much as possible. If you still can't make it with that, then yes, absolutely. Be looking at bankruptcy as a possible solution just because so many people continue to struggle and try to pay what amounts to unpayable debt. You're throwing good money after bad when you should be essentially hoarding cash and taking care of your family. It's unfortunate that this has to be the choice, but the reality is a lot of people are going to wind up in bankruptcy. Are you going to do it after you've drained your retirement fund and drained every asset you've got, or are you going to do it early on, get rid of this debt, get that fresh start that the law promises you? It's like just flush and get this behind you as soon as possible, you're saying, for some people. Yeah. And and some people, that it might even be strategic to wait because they may need credit going, you know, yeah. to, to do something, to save their house or whatever. But if you are in a situation where you cannot pay your bills, bankruptcy is there for a reason. It's there to get you out from under the debt. Everything but student loans, of course, and child support and tax liens and a few other things. But Credit card debt, medical bills, that stuff can be wiped out in bankruptcy. You write a lot about credit. Some of your best-selling books have been specifically about credit. Have you seen uh, credit card companies and mortgage lenders yet during this problem? Are you seeing them already extend forgiveness to people? Well, the CARES Act that passed on March 27th, that requires federally held mortgages. So mortgages backed by federal agencies, that requires them to offer forbearance and that can be, I, I forget the de- details, but I know it starts at about three months worth of deferrals. The the devil's in the details of that one. You know, are you going to have to pay the money back in a lump sum? Are you going to be any better off in three months than you are now? A lot of times that forbearance will have to be extended. A lot of other lenders are looking at forbearance options as well, letting you skip a credit card payment, for example. Um but again, devil in the details. Is that going to be reported to the credit bureau? Are you going to have to make up those missed payments? How long are you going to be without a job? I think people should investigate everything that's being offered because there's a lot supposedly out there. It's going to take a while to get through. Don't try on the phone. You want to go to the website. You want to see their COVID-19 response. There's probably a whole separate page for that. There might be a link to an online form. If there's not, try chat, live chat, try the messaging system, try the app. Anything but getting on that phone because you're going to be on the phone for a long, long time. But if that's the only way you can get through, do it. 
see what's out there, see what's being offered and take advantage of it. Boy, this is a reminder for a lot of people too. I remember in, in, in much, remember the days when the stock market used to go up all the time? Remember those? Oh yeah, actually. (laughs) Back when we were young, everybody was healthy and it was 2019. Remember that? The, uh, uh, in those days, I remember getting a lot of pushback from people during the up, up years of why do I need to have money sitting in cash? I shouldn't have any money sitting. It's crazy money sitting in cash. I think now, Liz, we're seeing the other side of that where money and cash is, is saving people's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go over the top with this because people are truly saving lives out there, but we're saving financial lives by keeping money in cash. Yeah. And I would add also having access to credit because right. if you, very few of us, or very few people are going to be able to wait it out for a year, 18 months, if that's how long it takes to get a vaccine, that's a long time to go without income. So Having an emergency fund, ever so important, but you also need access to credit to supplement that because it may not be enough. Even the biggest emergency fund, three months, six months, nine months, a year might not be enough. And that is terrifying. So that's why you want to have some kind of access to credit backup, whether it's space on a credit card, home equity line of credit, whatever it is. These are this is one of those situations that came totally out of the blue, but reminds us that. Cash is important, but it's not everything. You also need that access to credit. We used to call that, when I was a financial planner, we used to call it the ice cream approach to an emergency fund. You'd have your first tier, which was the bottom of the cone, right? And then you'd have a second tier, which sometimes would spill over the edge, could be a little ugly. But maybe it's uh, like a CD that you might have to break or a very, very not risky bond like a Ginnie Mae or a Treasury Bills as a second tier. And then, or CD, yeah, or CDs, as I mentioned. But then third, that big scoop on the top list, is the access to credit that you're talking about. People don't even think about that, that that in these days, that could be a great thing. You just got to know yourself. There was a time for me when access to credit meant I was buying stuff I didn't need. Uh, (laughs) That's not, that that can't be the case. I mean, you've got to leave it, you got to leave your hands off if you're going to have that credit. Yeah, that's it. If you're going to use the home equity line of credit, which can be a real lifesaver, you have to leave it open unused. And it's going to be, really tempting, or it was back in the, in the yeah. old world, to to tap into that, to do all kinds of home improvements, to take a vacation, whatever. That should be looked at as your access or your annex to your emergency fund. It needs to be left untouched. Uh, we we do this live on uh, Facebook. If you want to join us, uh, head to the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. And Liz, uh, uh, Maz has a has something here. I'm just curious, if one were to declare bankruptcy, what assets will you lose, be hit with fees, et cetera, if any? There's a, this is a quagmire in itself, I know, but you can probably do a better job of explaining this than me by far. Well, I'll try to do the 30,000 foot level because I am not a bankruptcy attorney. I really highly recommend bankruptcy attorneys because they know your state. They know your state's rules. In general, two kinds of bankruptcies. One is the repayment bankruptcy. That's Chapter 13. Most people don't file that. Most people file Chapter 7. That's the liquidation. The rules are different in terms of what you can preserve. The rules are different in terms of how much home equity you can have, You know how, much, uh, how fancy a car you can have, that kind of a thing. Uh, latest statistics I heard in most areas, I think of bankruptcy filing with an attorney's help and it is complicated. You do want an attorney's help. Uh, 1200 to 1500 bucks is what we're talking in terms of the filing fee and the, the attorney's uh, time, which you do need to pay for. 
And a, a lot of people, unfortunately, will wait until they don't even have that much amount right. of money. Or they might not even have it now. So that's why I'm thinking, you know, talking about doing it sooner rather than later. So basically, your retirement funds are protected. Uh, some of your home equity likely will be protected. How much depends on your state. After that, again, it's up to the state rules. The uh, the, the 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 sad thing about about bankruptcy is do it yourself. I, I can't even imagine trying to negotiate that process by myself without the attorney. Yeah. And there was before the the reform act in 2005, I think it was a little bit easier now that you have means testing and all kinds of crap. The only good news is that it probably won't be hard for a lot of people to meet that the means test, which means it looked at your income versus the, the median for your area and the poverty level for your area. And with so many people losing income, it's going to be probably easier for them to file than it has been in the past, unfortunately. Liz and I, in a moment, are going to have a big takeaway from this piece and something new that we're starting today on Money with Friends. We're going to answer uh, questions that you have directly related to the financial aspects of uh, this coronavirus crisis. But first, got to say a big thank you to Ubiquity Retirement and Savings for sponsoring today's show. If you're a small business owner, Choosing the right retirement plan might seem complicated and also seem like the wrong thing to be focused on right now. But if you're pivoting and you're thinking about where the ball's headed, when things pick up again, you want to be the company that people want to work for. And having a great retirement plan is a big piece of that. Obviously, retirement plans can be costly. And that's where Ubiquity Retirement and Savings comes in. Because in just a few clicks, you can see 401k plans designed by experts online or talk to them to tailor a plan that meets your specific needs and the needs of your employees. They offer offer affordable flat fee plans starting at just $75 a month. And whether you're a solopreneur or you've got a team of 100 employees, everybody gets the same exceptional service at Ubiquity. Kickstart your future at myubiquity.com. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. Hey, Joe, we're getting messages they can't hear us. Uh, uh, we have had problems and this is for the people listening to the podcast going out. We have had problems with audio since we got on and I'm getting a message from uh be live right now that the audio uh, that they're having all kinds of performance issues. So unfortunately we're going to um, we're, we're just going to soldier on Liz for the, for the audio people. Uh, in fact, you know what, let me write a, uh, let me write something. This is this is great. But, but, and this is why it's fun, guys, that we don't edit this podcast for those of you listening to the audio of this. So I'm going to take a second write to everybody. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't know sign. So I don't I know. know. Joe, do you know sign language? A, B, C. All right. And we just let them know, everybody. So let's, uh, let's, Liz, I love the people talking about lip reading right now. Uh, uh, Liz, what's our big takeaway from this piece? Okay. The big takeaway is that bankruptcy may be the best of bad options and you really need to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. I didn't mention this before, but the National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys, N-A-C-B-A. NACBA.org. You can get a referral from there. 
That that's incredible. And this is for me, the only thing I'm going to add is this is definitely a time to keep up with the news because there's so many programs, Liz, out there. I'm I'm a guy that tries to stay away from the news because I'm an optimist. But but <laughs> during this, <laughs> it's hard, hard to be optimistic. But I'll tell you this. I really, really uh, think that you need to stay on top of all the programs. There, there's just new programs all the time during this. And 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 you need to be there. I feel bad for these businesses that don't know about the PPP or the EIDL, you know, these are saving people's jobs and you really want to be up on all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, we have gotten some questions, by the way, on our Instagram page. We're taking those. If you follow us on Instagram's uh, Money Friends, uh, Money with Friends Pod, uh, for Money with Friends Podcast, we'll answer your questions. Here's today's, Liz. Should I stop my contributions to my retirement plan and just save cash if there's a chance I may be laid off. This is uh, Indie Cool Chick wrote that. Thank you, Indie Cool Chick, for that question. Because I'm sure, Liz, there's a lot of people thinking that right now. Thinking yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would say if you still have a job and can continue your contributions, it's probably a good idea. And that's because we now have the option of coronavirus hardship withdrawals. This is something that was in the CARES Act, the CARES Act that passed on March 27th that allows you to take up to $100,000 out of your 401k or your IRA. There's no mandatory withholding. There's no early withdrawal penalty. You do have to pay taxes on the money, however. So if you are going to do this, if you can pay it back within three years, you can file a tax return or an amended tax return and get those taxes back. You also have the option of paying all the taxes in, in 2020, or you can pay it over three years. So there's some flexibility there. So, you know, you might want to ratchet down your contributions so that you're only getting the match if you happen to be maxing out and you wanted to build up that cash stash. I would really, I'd hate to see you pass up the free money if it's still yeah. out there, but I do totally get the idea that, yeah, I may need cash right now. So, you know, uh, deciding to put it in the bank rather than put it in with your 401k or IRA. Just know that it's easier to get it out now than it ever has been. Yeah, it goes along great with today's episode. You don't want to be one of those people looking at, at bankruptcy, unfortunately, because your cash is in the wrong place, yeah, you know, because you got money. Keep in mind that the money that's in the, the retirement fund is protected from your creditors if it's sitting in a oh, savings Oh, good account. point. Good point. Yeah. The the uh, the thing I like, too, about continuing with contributions is is that let's say that you do get through this and you don't get laid off. Now you didn't miss out on because because, you, you know, you've got you've only got so much time to be able to put that money in and then we're on the clock for a different year. So to be able to max out every year, if possible, is a good thing. But I'm with you. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Cash is king here. Absolutely. And we may, might want to mention that if you have a Roth IRA, you can always take out an amount equal to what you put in. So your contributions are always tax-free. People think that they have to wait five years or, you know, there's there are some five-year rules to this, but generally the contributions that you put in yourself are <laughs> you can take out at any time. There's no tax implications. There's no penalty. Liz, so happy that you were here with us today. Uh, it would have been better under better circumstances, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Glad we soldiered on. Like, remember the last time we met and the time before that when the world was, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> tell us what's going on on your podcast, because you just got done recording your podcast to come and hang out with us. Yeah, we did a bunch of coronavirus related uh, specials, essentially. So we dropped a few extra episodes about 
about the CARES Act, about what to do with your retirement funds, about what to do with your savings, uh, dealing with mortgages, dealing with student loans. So that's all up. You can go to nerdwallet.com slash podcast and see what we've been up to lately. That's awesome. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I like the bite-sized nuggets. Uh, good stuff on a, on, a, on a very consistent basis. Liz, we will talk to you again in a, well, tomorrow. What am I talking about? We'll talk to you again. I was like, we're going to talk to you in a month. No, we're not. It's going to be a day. All right. I'm half of Liz. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow again at uh, Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.